Hello again, welcome back to China Manufacturing Decoded from the Sophist Group. It's episode 189 today. Adrian, back with you from the team here. I'm hosting today, and I'm joined by one of my colleagues, Kate Onikova. She's our head of supply chain management. You might have heard her on the podcast before. Kate, welcome back. Thank you, Adrian. Thank you so much for inviting me again. I'm happy to join a new episode. Well, we love to get different voices on, and and uh, you know we have people with very diverse specialities and. You know types of expertise on our team, and that's why we've invited you on this time because we are talking about uh, a form of supply chain management. And really, what you're going to be doing, right, is you're going to be going into a bit more detail about sourcing from China specifically, and kind of going over some of the questions that we're asked by importers who work with Sophie's, but. We'll, we'll go through. We got, we got about sort of like seven or eight points maybe to go through. And so this is going to give uh, the listeners a really good grounding in sourcing from China. Okay. Yeah, I appreciate for the introduction. And uh, I'm happy to join today to speak about the topics that I'm very passionate about. And mm. uh, I know that uh, we've been covering uh supplier identification, supplier management in various uh, posts and podcasts. But uh, I feel like there is a need to give some, uh, to shed some more light into how we recommend to conduct supplier identification, what we do at Sophist and what you can do on your own and what are the main points to pay attention to when you decide that you're ready to select a supplier that will be the one for your product that you're creating or uh, looking to import into your country and successfully sell in the market. Great. Uh, at the same time, so I'd, I'd like to mention that, of course, at Sophist, we do whole product cycle. So from supplier identification to shipping uh, and managing uh, sample order and mass production order, quality control for a simple off-shelf products. Uh, and of course, we do much more with product customization if you are looking to customize your products, mm-hmm. or even we help. We have a whole setup for product development if uh, you are looking to develop a whole new product in China and uh, and uh, put it on the market shelf in your country. Uh, what we will be talking today is uh, is focusing more on supplier identification, so so called sourcing, and uh, mm-hmm. helping you to navigate across. Uh, Chinese uh, supplier databases and supplier options and helping you to take the right path. Mm. And uh, this is uh, by far the most popular uh, service uh, that we provide. And uh, every day we have uh, importers coming to us uh, with request to either help them find supplier or or help them to manage their existing supplier. And some have uh, good experience with their suppliers. Uh, some have uh, bad experience. Some situations we need to uh, quickly uh, jump in and uh, help our importers uh, to solve their right problems so i think uh, uh, when you are 
thinking about uh, finding a product in China, uh, almost uh, everyone would have their own experience, uh, starting from ordering, I don't know, Christmas, uh, Christmas, I don't know, toys on AliExpress, even in a simple mm. one, and and uh, having some uh, more complex supply chains. This is something that almost everyone had some sort of experience. So I think it's useful for for everyone. Uh, so. Yeah. Yeah, so I think the first is um, how actually to find supplier in China and uh, which uh, platforms are good which and which platforms are needed for which case. Most, uh, most of the time, uh, our customers come to us with... Uh, Either they found suppliers on Alibaba, so this is the most well known. Uh, I will mm-hmm. not tell you. <laughs> I will not tell you something rocket science here. And uh, many customers have a perception that Alibaba is uh, not. Uh, too good supplier, probably because, uh, supplier database because it is very accessible. Like everyone can go there and try to find some suppliers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at the same time, uh, a lot of importers find their suppliers on Alibaba. Uh, so to start with, uh, Alibaba has its um, pros and cons. Uh, on a good side, you can find a lot of suppliers there who have... Um, international experience so this is international platforms and suppliers who go there like most of them would have export licenses to be able to export the goods Uh, they would have a sales representative who speaks english Uh, they would have some previous experience with uh, former customers and they know a bit some compliance regulations for your country they have experience of dealing with uh, overseas customers they might have all the international bank accounts set up. So this is this makes it easier uh, for importers to deal with suppliers uh, directly. Uh, also, Alibaba has some nice interface. They have some uh, insurance programs, uh, trade insurance uh, to protect customers. Uh, so it's a nice uh, platform and it's a nice way to start. Uh, the drawbacks with Alibaba is that uh, there are a lot of traders on Alibaba and you need to to know if your supplier is a trader or a real manufacturer. I think we have a lot of information on uh, how to address that. Uh, and uh, yes. But yes, so I will not go through it again. No, but but... I'll put a link in the show notes as ever. Yeah, great. Yeah. So, yeah, basic principle is uh, if uh, there is a little number of people, if uh, if you see that address is some room number, this is already some red flags for you to check further. Uh, on mm. At Sophist, we use government database and we do a thorough check of suppliers, but you can also use this kind of small hints to understand uh, if your supplier looks like a, a trader or a manufacturer. But of course, we recommend to check and verify this with professionals. So once you know that your supplier is a manufacturer, Alibaba can be a good option. Uh, yeah, as I said, so the main the main risk there is there are lots of traders there on Alibaba. So next uh, most popular one would be 1688. So this is a Baba in Chinese and uh, this is a same similar to Alibaba, but this is a local one. So if uh, if you want to find uh, local suppliers that uh, might uh, have uh, cheaper price, pricing, that would be your choice. Uh, mm. That 
yeah, the drawback is they're less experienced to deal with uh, international customers and uh, not all of them can speak English. But uh, yeah, but that's a good source as well. You can try to use Google Translate. Some suppliers do speak English over there. You can compare pricing to understand where you stand, for example, uh, between 1688 and Delibaba to see what is the difference. And you can use this information to negotiate price on Alibaba instead, for example. So this is a very good source as well. Uh, there are many others like uh, global sources made in China. Uh, there is, is now nowadays there are a lot of programs with um, that gives you customs information like Panjiva for example or Import Yeti so where you can type in the product that you're looking for for example LED lights and you would uh, see uh, lists of uh, bill of lading information with suppliers uh, who have exported those to US for example and this way you can find suppliers that are shipping this product uh, overseas and even to your destination countries and later you can contact those suppliers. The drawback here is that first uh, most of these uh, programs are uh, not free so you will need to pay for subscription and uh, it is very time consuming as well because okay they ship led lights but you're not sure if uh, this, these are the led lights that you're looking for if you're looking for some special led lights so you need to spend time to find the supplier later on Alibaba or on the internet and then to contact them and by the time you uh, find the sales manager you might understand that uh, they have different type of LED lights that you're not looking for, as it's very hard mm-hmm. to tell by bill of lading. Yeah, then uh, Google works as well. Um, there is a Baidu, which is a Chinese alternative to Google. Uh, so those are, uh, of course, exhibitions since now China is open to, to the world and you can, and we've just had Canton Fair recently, which was extremely busy. So that's also a good way to go and meet your suppliers. So there are multiple platforms uh, to let you find your supplier. Another question is that once you are familiar with which platforms and your next steps in finding your suppliers. There are things that uh, we recommend you to pay attention to when you are selecting your suppliers because you can find multiple suppliers, but I believe you will be lost which suppliers you should consider and which suppliers Mm. you shouldn't. So here, uh, there are uh, different things. So to mention a few is one is year of establishment. So we don't recommend to use um, suppliers who've been, uh, who are very new to the market. So at least give them three years of work. Um, factory locations. Uh, China is divided, uh, as you know, Adrian, into main uh, industrial zones. Uh, it's like yeah. there, there are locations that do furniture, like Fashan. There are locations that do lights, like lightning, like Zhongshan. There are locations that do baby products uh, and so and so. So you will know. We will know. Professionals will know. And uh, also, like south of China, they tend to have a better quality control than uh, middle of China would have uh, mm. cheaper pricing, but the quality control and so and, and uh, such uh, uh, quality of the product will be lower. Heavy machinery, you would go to north of China. So this is important. And, so, um, so that's going to be that's kind of the difference between like Iwu and Shenzhen sort of thing. Exactly. You know, a a lot of people listening have probably heard of Iwu, and it's like the home (laughs) of plastic stuff that, uh, you know, the the sort of cheaper things maybe that you're going to get from China. That's the difference that you're talking about when we're talking about quality. 
Yes, exactly. So yeah, there are locations that are cheaper, but the quality mm. is uh, is really below standards. Like, mm. if you don't need to go to Evo even, like going to uh, Guilin area, for example. Uh, yeah, like we've seen some factories there that are like you you cannot imagine that this is a real mm. factory. <laughs> so mm. <laughs> this is quite a, yeah uh, quite an experience. Uh, so that's important to to uh, to stick to main uh, industrial locations and the developed yeah. uh, cities, developed areas. Uh, to match your quality expectations. Uh, uh, mm. Good to understand number of uh, quality people, QC people, Some you can ask for some samples of quality reports. Uh, anyway, I will not stop too much on quality topic. Uh, we will sure. have, you, you, you may uh, invite Reno next time to elaborate on this. Uh, so next, uh, what uh, most importers would pay attention is uh, certification. And uh, Good suppliers will have uh, more, and uh, not not even I cannot say good, but bigger suppliers would have more certification. Smaller suppliers would have less certification. And uh, what you need to know that uh, if um, your supplier uh, has ISO certification, like ISO nine zero zero one, which is for quality management, or uh, fourteen zero zero one, which is for environmental management, uh, this is a good sign that this supplier has a quality management system in place. Uh, so yeah. they have, they have, you can expect uh, better quality uh, than when uh, quality is managed randomly. Uh, so that, that's important. Um, but can, can we trust the certificate? If a supplier gives you a copy of a certificate, you might be thinking, okay, that's fine, but is it even real? Well, that's that's another story. Uh, most of you can do a quick check yourself, at least uh, mm. like being real and fake, that's a whole different uh, topic i need to say that in most cases they are real however okay. uh, what we have is that uh, they are expired uh, because oh, uh, as, yeah. as a certification you need to re-audit every year and suppliers might um, not pay attention to it after some time so they just put it mm. on alibaba and forget but uh, it's a good practice to ask your supplier to send you certification and they have and even if you search a supplier on alibaba you would they usually they put all their certification over there and minimum that you could do is to check uh, the name uh, company name on the certification that it matches and uh, the company name that uh, you've been told uh, mm. And uh, yeah, and you can ask for Chinese company name. At least try to match the characters if you don't read Chinese. Of course, it's um, mm -hmm. more complicated for you, but usually they would have it in Chinese and in English. And so at least you're matching this and you can check the years as well to understand the validity period. And mm -hmm. uh, there are many, many situations when suppliers are saying that they have ISO 9001 and you're saying, okay, cool. But if you don't check the certification itself, at the end you find out that this certification is uh, issued under some other factory name. So this is why I'm saying that this is the basics to check. And when we ask, so how come? Uh, suppliers would tell us that, oh, this is my brother company, this is my sister company, <laughs> whatever, whatever relatives they have. <laughs> so this is the minimum that you should do is to confirm that the names match and that the validity mm -hmm. period is valid. 
so this is related this is the basic ones related to a factory itself and quality management system and uh, then there are product certifications in place uh, of course and so again basic if it's uh, some devices that create radio frequency more like wi-fi common so for electronics common would be fcc for us uh, and uh, ce for eu for the most points so this is another one to clarify if you are exporting to from China either to US or EU. Um, mm. So here, if it's uh, an off-shelf product and your supplier has, for example, it's I don't know some electronic product that you are buying in China and exporting to US, and your supplier has FCC certification uh, that that is issued on this product, uh, you're good, you're lucky. Uh, but I need to mention that if your device is customized, uh, you need to obtain certification for this device from start because uh, certification is issued on, on the exact device. Uh, so then you need to understand that you will need to go uh, to apply for certification. Uh, usually suppliers help with the process. Uh, they are helping to give you samples for example most suppliers would uh, advise uh, tell you that they will manage certification we don't recommend that because you never know how they do it and yeah. if they really test or not again that's another story so i will not stop much on that of course we uh, recommend to use an independent third party here instead um, but you need to understand that as an importer you it's your liability to ensure that all your certification is in place and that you're uh, selling a safe product. And if you don't mm. know what is your compliance requirements, uh, you can ask us <laughs> and we can help you to build a compliance plan that you need. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, so that's about uh, certification part. Then... Uh, Next, what you collect is uh, supplier contact information. And I think we covered that already, that uh, you you need to pay attention to the location of the supplier. So make sure it's a right, uh, big industrial location rather than some creepy, creepy zone. Uh, other things that you might want to pay your attention to when you select a supplier is um, you can ask questions about their revenue. Uh, some will tell you, some uh, might not tell you, but most good suppliers will do, and then you can understand uh, the turnover. Um, then a percent export license, if your supplier has a export license, meaning that uh, they're exporting internationally. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, you can ask about percentage of uh, export. Uh, so how much, what percentage they produce for local market, uh, what percentage they export, uh, their main products, uh, technical capability, what are their main customers. And again, some would tell, some would not, but good suppliers would do. So you, if it's Walmart or Disney, then you know that the supplier is um, might have a Legit. good... Yeah, it's a good pick, but it's always a compromise mm -hmm. because suppliers who produce for Walmart and Disney, uh, their MOQ is quite high. Uh, mm -hmm. So if you're just starting and it's your first product, I mean, that's great, but you might look for alternatives. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, but because you might, because you may not be a priority to them. 
Yes. Because you're ordering, I don't know, 10,000 pieces and then Walmart are ordering a million or whatever. So, you know, uh, how how important a customer are you to them? Are they going to put your best people on the project, et cetera? Can can I just ask about the revenue for a moment? You mentioned revenue and checking uh, if if a good manufacturer will probably let you know about their turnover, things like that. So I'm assuming then more is going to be better because, of course, they're they're sort of a more secure company. They're doing better business, and uh, so that's probably good for like long term supply and security, right? Yeah. So I don't want to give you numbers, but normally yeah, yeah, yeah. it's uh, yeah one million, five million, at least one million would be a good figure, uh, in in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But uh, good suppliers have much more than that. Yes. So you you will yeah. see that. This also gives you an idea of uh, that the factory might not close down mm. tomorrow that's because they have no business. Mm. <laughs> so so right. that's, a, that's a sign. Of course, you cannot yeah. uh, you cannot uh, justify that. A supplier will not provide you their you know, internal financial documentation. But that's I mean it's all uh, it's all a puzzle that you are collecting together to to find your perfect supplier at the end. So this mm. is all one one piece I, I, and it's got to be. And it's got to be consistent, right? So we're still gathering information and, you know, you might have seen stuff on Alibaba, for example, and now you're being told other information. Is it consistent with what's online? And if it's not matching, why isn't it matching? Yes, exactly. So you're cross-checking the information you get from supplier mm-hmm. with the information you see on uh, Alibaba and uh, even the turnover, but this, like, we are going steps further. Like, if you have, if they tell you that they have, I don't know, like, little number of machines or little number of people, that's easy. Like, if the factory is, I don't know, 30 people, but they give you, like, crazy turnover, you understand that there's something wrong here. So mm-hmm. these are, like, things that need to match. And mm-hmm. okay. uh, yeah, so basically, I think this is most uh, we are covered most information that you are collecting on the supplier and to shortlist potential suppliers that you would mm-hmm. uh, need, and then you are coming to MOQ and uh, quotation part, which is your next step with the selected suppliers that you have briefly screened and uh, you talk to them and you understand that they are capable of doing your product. So your next mm-hmm. step would be quotation, uh, which, uh, as I said, is, of course, subject to MOQ. And this is what uh, Chinese suppliers are always uh, very interested in. And uh, so here there are a few strategies. So we have, um, I need to say that um, we have a lot of uh, importers who are trying to negotiate with Chinese suppliers uh, right away without any strategy in place. So because Mm. they just have a perception that if you're talking to Chinese suppliers, you need to negotiate. Whatever they say, you need to negotiate. Like the price, you need to cut double or something (laughs) because just to make sure that, you know, you're on the right track. And uh, good suppliers and busy suppliers, that might be the end of your relationship, I need to say. Mm. They might not have a mar- patience margin uh, if if they see that you're just, you know, asking stupid requests with like, can you can you give me half price or, you know, I need a MOQ of 100 pieces and, your, and supplier MOQ is 10,000. So these kind of things mm. I don't recommend. Uh, I think uh, China has a very 
developed uh, supply chain right now and chain of suppliers. And usually if uh, suppliers are good, they know what they're doing. And it's uh, very difficult to to try to push them into this like hard extreme. Uh, however, uh, I need to say that um, usually you can negotiate, Alibaba price can be negotiated within 10% more or less in average. There are strategies with MOQ that you can play with. So one, for example, if your MOQ is uh, uh, so projected uh, purchase quantity is uh, very low, but, but, but you need a supplier. Uh, you can uh, try to talk about your annual quantity rather than order quantity so to to raise supplier interest it uh, it helps to introduce your company and uh, to sell yourself basically so you need to raise supplier mm. in- interest and make them understand that uh, your potential and even this trial order is uh, small but you have potential to grow so you need to sell to sell yourself to supplier uh, if if you don't have Walmart volumes or good like established company volumes, I need to say. Uh, another one, another trick that you can use is to you can check on Alibaba. You can easily check what is uh, average. Uh, uh, volume requirement by supplier. So, for example, if you need to, to place an order of 1,000 pieces and you see that mm. uh, supplier's average uh, MOQ is uh, 3,000 pieces, for example, uh, you can get quotation and negotiate quotation based on average volume that you have seen. So, like 3,000 pieces, for example. And uh, then later, uh, tell suppliers that... Uh, my first trial order is 1,000 pieces that I need for marketing uh, reasons, for example, for promotion, for trial, for whatever. And, and then next orders will be increased. But don't do it from start uh, because by experience, uh, the more supplier spends time on you, on your order, uh, less likely they will go away. So they already invested their time and efforts. And then by this time, they would like this to work out. But if you're saying right away that I have super minimum quantities that is below your MOQ, but uh, maybe you can consider if suppliers, maybe supplier can consider if there is not a peak season for them and they have capacity for the orders. But uh, if they're busy and good suppliers are generally busy, then they might turn away. So you need yep. to use some tricks here and some long-term strategies. Mm-hmm. No, that makes uh, sense. This is good, good stuff, good stuff. Yes, and uh, also another thing to mention is uh, that if you're buying uh, off-shelf products, uh, you can go earlier in pricing discussion as this is your uh, as pricing point would be one of the main ones for you. But uh, if it's a customized uh, uh, product, uh, you need to focus if supplier is a good fit first, especially where, where there is IP to protect. And then pricing discussions can come way later because uh, because first you will release your IP too early uh, to many suppliers to discuss prices and then half of them will not match, but you already released your your. Uh, design and this is always a risk and uh, secondly it's if you're doing your 
design product, it's very important to find a supplier who can, who is capable and who is uh, who has the same. I would not say mindset, but at least uh, understands what you are trying to achieve and can uh, can take this journey together with you. And then mm. only you start talking about price. So this is our advice here. Mm. Yeah, so usually a good uh, price quotation will include uh, samples, uh, cost, sample lead time, uh, production, mass production cost, uh, and mass production lead time, uh, payment terms, uh, tooling, if you have tooling, uh, uh, validity period, period of your quotation, so until when the price is valid. And uh, I'd like to briefly stop on um, Inca terms, so delivery terms, uh, here as this uh, influences uh, the price you get yeah and uh, so basically most uh, popular incoterms in china are one is xworks so this is straightforward this is factory price uh, that you get from the factory of shelf uh, usually it is in uh, rmb and so here uh, this is factory price and the rest you need to cover yourself uh mm. next one and uh, mostly used is uh, FOB uh, and we have a very good by the way we have a very good uh, information on this uh, on our blog right Adrian mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken that, that gives a very detailed information about income terms but the main one yeah. so uh, yeah so FOB is uh, meaning that uh, seller's responsibility is to get the goods on uh, on board on ship uh, so here what you need to know that your importer would be paying for customs clearance in China and uh, for the delivery to the port. Uh, because usually this is actually is not a ship, uh, but it is a port because containers are uh, are stacked in port and they're waiting at some container place before they're loaded on the ship. So in reality, this would be even FCA, not FOB. Uh, so they will deliver to a destina- named destination outlined by you. And then uh, last one is uh, CIF. So this is cost insurance and uh, freight. So this is where... Um, uh, where your meaning that your supplier is paying for freight as well, so for 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 delivery uh, within China, for customs clearance, and for freight to your destination. Uh, this might seem convenient way, but uh, is not what we usually recommend because in this case your supplier would have full control on on the goods as they choose the freight forwarder. You don't uh, influence uh, the. Uh, the price you don't influence the delivery time if those change you don't have the control of those and and this might lead to dangerous situations so basically if you want to compare different prices between uh, multiple suppliers uh, i recommend to ask them to quote xworks so to quote factory price this way you would have your unit price because yeah because other pricing would have part of delivery in them and uh, there are different locations and for some products FOB to the port is uh, is closer for some it is more um, remote so this all is uh, included in your price uh, so for mm. price comparison i would pref- i would recommend to go xworks and later uh, once you are clear on the cost then you can see how much would be a logistic cost and check if fob is more for example preferable for you to ship uh, rather than xworks but this can come as a next step mm. 
I guess yeah. FOB is often going to be more helpful if you're not super familiar with the, yeah, the process exactly. of getting yes. everything done on the China side. You might be more familiar with, say, the US or the or your country in the EU or wherever. But on the China side, can you manage, you know, the internal logistics, the uh, customs clearance in China, things like that? Your supplier, hopefully, will be more familiar with that. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, if you're just starting, so for price comparison, I recommend Xworks. But for mm-hmm. shipping, yeah, it's... Uh, it's easier to go FOB at least for start, and yep. and then later and then later you will see <laughs> if if you are scaling you might want to choose Xworks still, but sure. for start FOB is the best. Yes, okay. uh, yeah. So I think we've covered most about uh, quotation part. Uh, yeah. And uh, so by now, our listeners are already well equipped uh, to do sourcing themselves and uh, maybe come to the idea mm. that. Um, they can they can do and start sourcing in China, and uh, yep. I rec- I recommend everyone uh, to try f- to have this experience, uh, no matter what, and especially if you have before you're going to a third party provider, it's always useful to go on Alibaba and uh, uh, the the list the most simple and to, to check what uh, to talk to a few suppliers to understand what suppliers are asking you then you get a much better idea uh, how to refine your request uh, what to think uh, of improvements for your product for example this gives you a lot of information um, mm. but yeah and at the end you would come to a question is so do I uh, source the product myself since I already have all this information or do I trust uh, to a third party provider Mm. to do the job for me? And um, yeah, so this is um, everyone decides for themselves as a, as a service providers uh, and we are in the business for over 10 years. Uh, We've seen many stories (laughs) <laughs> some of them were successful but we've also i need to say that we've seen a lot of bad experience uh, stories from our customers when they were trying to allocate suppliers themselves and also even stories when they were actually working with suppliers for a long time but then mm. i found out that they were um, deceived by suppliers or there were some other situations and this is this is most when most of customers come to us when they have some problems so uh, i recommend uh, i recommend to be aware of course of uh, supplier selecting situ- about sourcing to to know a bit of context but uh, to have a good start uh, uh yeah i'd recommend to trust uh, your mm. business uh, to professionals uh, to have a smooth start at least and uh, if you'd want to to have a supplier that is uh, uh, selected for you based on your criteria but also uh, having all the background work uh, done locally in china so by people who are who are local who are here on the ground who can help you do the background check on your supplier in government uh, databases to to uh, check all the uh, underground information in Chinese uh, to conduct an audit uh, as a part of supplier due diligence. Uh, so to do all this uh, back work and if you would like to manage your supplier later by yourself, that's totally fine. Uh, however, you would be confident that this supplier is legit. They have uh, entirety in China, they're real manufacturers, they don't have legal, uh, open legal issues uh, and so and yeah. so. Because if you know that later, once you already pay for tooling, for example, or for order, that, that hurts. 
and uh, absolutely absolutely yeah. when, when you talk about like bad experiences i mean any listeners that are familiar with the sophie's blog they might have run into we do a series of blog posts about disputes with chinese suppliers and sometimes these come from yourself and other yes. other folks on <laughs> on the team and basically it's stories where something's gone like seriously wrong like you know the supplier maybe stops communicating with you or something like that that's the sort of uh, thing that you're talking about so first of all go check out those blog posts i'll leave a link in the show notes of course uh, and when we're talking about problems can happen you're recommending people give it a go themselves but i think a lot of listeners are going to be thinking okay but it sounds like there's a lot of risks out there and and sourcing from china and finding a really reliable legitimate chinese manufacturer who i can deal with oh, it sounds like there's a lot of risk you know I, I don't know can i can i take the risk i don't speak chinese can i do all of this stuff yeah sure you're you know service providers like Sophiest. We have specialists here in China and around Asia who can totally help to start off on the right footing. But people might feel worried. And I mean, you've seen some real binds that people have got themselves into when trying to source from China, haven't you, over the years? I mean, do you have any examples? Yeah. So as you mentioned, a lot of stories come from us as uh, we do know a lot of stories. Uh, uh, one of the recent one to share uh, was our customers who came to us. Uh, they paid 70% of order to their supplier in advance. And I need to mention that normally it would be 30% in advance and 70% for deposit, uh, or 30%, sorry, for deposit and 70% for balance order. And uh, here they were manipulated by supplier who was uh, telling them that uh, raw materials for their order are very expensive. So he needs to pay raw material supplier much more than 30% uh, and so and so. And uh, he made them pay 70% of the order, which was uh, far above 100,000 US dollars. 160, wow. I think, was 70%. Yes, and uh, moreover, so they, they found some this supplier on Alibaba, but then they switched to WhatsApp because it's convenient, of course, for, for US customers. So they were communicating in WhatsApp. Supplier was very responsive, so he explained about the difficulties, and then he sent them a PI uh, for this deposit payment of 70% via WhatsApp. And uh, since he was a nice guy and very good relationship, and of course it's and they have a page on Alibaba, uh, so our importers just paid him just by WhatsApp paper. So this was not even done through Alibaba. So again, here if you if you want to uh, to source supplier yourself and to pay your supplier, please use Alibaba Trade Insurance Program at least. So this is the least because Alibaba, they keep the money, I think, for a couple of months or what I might be wrong, one month or two months before they release to your supplier. And of course, this is not favorable situation for the supplier. So supplier would push you to pay outside of it because they need yeah. their money fast. So they did that. Uh, Later, when they sent us a PI, we found out that companies they paid money to is a different entity from the one that is on Alibaba. So they paid to a completely different uh, company. And uh, this puts them in a very difficult situation because legally, it's not nothing you can track there officially. And because the company that uh, they paid, it was even Hong Kong company. And uh, here's a uh, product uh, manufacturers that is on Alibaba is a Chinese company, 
and uh, and then suppliers started with stories that it was pandemic time uh, first when they paid the supplier and then he was saying there were multiple excuses due to lockdowns uh, so factor and so there are delays in production and when they came to us they were like Kate so it's been two years we paid our supplier so now we are past pandemic and uh, suppliers still cannot deliver uh, can you please um, contact the suppliers that we will implement some fines uh, if they don't deliver. And I was like, oh my God, guys, uh, it's not about fines. It's about that if, if you have a situation like this, you paid somewhere by WhatsApp and the supplier is feeding you stories for two years, uh, there is like super low chance we will see you money or products mm. in this situation and 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 fortunately this was uh, the end uh, of the story and uh, moreover supplier was sending them new messages that uh, the goods are ready they're here and here at the warehouse uh, but they need but he needs more money to pay the raw material mm. supplier because the goods are locked in the warehouse and raw material supplier is not letting him pick up the goods and we were like okay so let's go there let's meet the raw material supplier let's meet the warehouse let's meet everyone and talk but supplier uh, their supplier was not communicating to us uh, he was not giving the address so we we had to tell the harsh truth that uh, it was a scam and uh, there are some other ways you can try to work uh, to try to get your money back but um, you cannot uh, just uh, pay more money on whatsapp this will not help yeah but they paid them again some fifteen thousand dollars or something like that and then supplier disappeared completely so that's a very sad story but this is one of the examples when when if you want to do things yourself you need to to do right you cannot pay on, on whatsapp to suppliers Right. And uh, when, of course, when when you're paying one hundred thousand of dollars order, uh, it costs you much much less uh, to find a third party, local third party in China that would verify the supplier and do things right for you. So this investment uh, will be paid off very very quickly. Oh, uh, yeah. far less. You're talking, yeah. you know, maybe in, in just in the hundreds of dollars or something. Yes. Yes. I'm just thinking so, about from 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 us doing it, you know. So absolutely, absolutely. Yes, and uh, yeah, and what what differs here is that, for example, in Sophist we have a structured approach. So mm. we have a long list template with uh, that will give you full information about the supplier uh, points that we covered today briefly, but much much more in reality, including yeah. including supplier scorecard to to let you understand the points where the supplier is stronger, where the supplier is weaker which might be better fit for you and for your product for your quantity and yeah and at the same time of course we have supplier network that is a trusted supplier that we can also recommend uh, we have uh, um, verified uh, complex background uh, check system where we verify supplier uh, Using, uh, using, as I said, using government database, using other resources uh, to let us uh, conclude that this supplier is uh, legit and uh, capable uh, for, for your product. Uh, we have a structured approach to managing your order from uh, order to shipment to, to ensure nothing is forgotten and things like compliance or packaging can easily be forgotten along the way. And these are usually the things that uh, delay your orders. And this is a different topic. Uh, mm. And uh, yeah, and uh, of course, we provide support and services like uh, audit and uh, 
uh, factory visits and uh, meeting suppliers. And so to ensure that you have your, your journey is uh, smooth and it is uh, correct. Yes. And just mm. to, men- to mention how we work. So we work on hourly basis and we always uh, estimate uh, time needed uh, to spend on your project in advance uh, so that you have no surprises. And yeah, and usually mm. as, Fabi- as Adrian is saying, this is a matter of uh, hundreds of dollars. So if you're, sp- if you're planning to spend uh, hundred thousand of dollars, we do recommend to make things right from start. Yeah. And, and what you're mentioning, I mean, it's good, it's good to give everybody an understanding of how we help always. Uh, uh, I love it, but, uh, it's not only China as well. We do help if, you yes. know, let's say you're looking for suppliers in India, for example, that's another one of our key operating areas. And we have, you know, staff and a team in India, um, and, and also other Asian countries too. So it's not only China, uh, because of course, yes. some listeners listening now will be thinking, okay, but I'm not, I'm not resourcing from China so much these days, but I am interested in India or Vietnam or somewhere like that. So, you know, we yep. cover a lot yeah, of yeah, Asia yeah. as well. Mm. Definitely. Uh, we are fully, we are fully aware of the trends. And uh, yeah, we have our office in India. We have our sources in mm. Vietnam, Bangladesh and uh, other South East Asian countries where we can help. Mm, yeah, great. So oh, I, I think I'm going to need to rewind this and listen back. There's so much information <laughs> we've packed in. So uh, really grateful for you coming on, Kate. That's really cool. I hope the listeners get a lot of value out of this from, you know, giving it a go themselves, but also understanding what their options are and what some of the risks are as well. And, you know, we've talked about the ways that we can help, but also some of the content that we've got about, for example, Inco terms, talking about the trading companies and, you know, some of the risks of working with trading companies instead of manufacturers. So I will be leaving links in the show notes. So be sure to check those out too. Thanks for coming on, Kate. Really grateful. Uh, we'll get you on again soon for sure. Thank you. Thank you for inviting and uh, good luck to everyone uh, to fulfilling uh, products of your dream and having a smooth journey from either China or other Asian countries uh, to to your destination markets and good luck to your products and uh, wish you all big sales. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. Great. Okay. Thanks, Kate. And thank you to all the listeners back again next week as normal. Thanks again for listening to this podcast brought to you by the Sophie's Group. We're on a mission to provide you with everything you need to manufacture effectively in Asia, including inspections, auditing, new product development support, contract manufacturing, 3PL warehousing and fulfillment, and much, much more across Asia's key manufacturing areas. Visit us at sofeast.com, that's S-O-F-E-A-S-T dot com, to learn more and get help. If you've enjoyed the podcast today, please do rate, review and share because it will really help others discover us too.